Welcome to Mavericks, a pursuit podcast. Scaling a sales team is hard. Pursuit sources top sales talent for thousands of companies. We've seen firsthand the companies that are set up to win and the ones that are bound to fail. But recruiting is only a piece of the puzzle. In each episode, we speak to an industry expert specializing in a unique vertical within the sales motion who's walked the walk and successfully implemented a blueprint that has taken their sales team to the next level. Come get equipped, hear from the best, and level up your sales team. Welcome to the Mavericks Pursuit Podcast. I am your fill-in host, Jake Vines. I run our partnerships here at Pursuit. And it was fitting that I uh, hosted this one because we have a really good buddy of mine, Matt Newville, who we, we've been friends for how long? Two years, almost two years now. I would say, yeah, about two. Two years. Yeah. And uh, so outside of, of being good friends outside of work, Matt is the head of sales at, at Dotted. We've done some recruiting for you. You hopped on board at a, a really exciting time. Y'all have been exploding. Kyle has just a really good vision and has hired a lot of really solid people like yourself. Before we dive into to some of these topics, I'd love to hear, you know, you're in the commercial real estate space, hopped on as a head of sales, kind of what that journey looked like and also what Dotted does uh, and how you're, you're serving uh, your clients. Yeah, um, so I started in the commercial real estate space came in as a broker, Dallas, focused on tenant rep, um, moved into, after four years, moved into the tech side of the house, which was, you know, commercial real estate dry from a tech saturation standpoint. Um, worked with uh, a group here in Dallas for five, six years, kind of managing their data analytics relationships, and then uh, got introduced by a customer uh, who was also a mutual friend of um, Kyle Waldrip, our founder, um, at Dotted. And so I uh, got pulled into Dotted about a year and three months ago, four months ago. Um, and it's been tremendous. Uh, I think what pulled me in was the vision for asset management operational tools, right? I knew working with the top 100 owners at my previous company uh, in the US that they didn't have a system that emboldened and empowered asset managers, portfolio managers. And so Dotted's vision for that and what you know our team is building is um, really falls under kind of four main categories leasing capex valuation and debt so surfacing those processes those workflows those metrics kpis is the heart of uh dotted's platform and product today um and it's exciting where it's where it's headed yeah cool so real quick going back to your co-star days mm. you're you're an individual contributor your president's club every year, a lot of individual contributors uh, have a tough time transitioning to sales leadership roles. Get, before we dive into these topics, like give us the, some of the biggest challenges going from that sort of role to now leading a sales team. Yeah. So if you're an inju- individual contributor, that typically means you have to look out for numero uno. And yep. uh, at a bigger company, whether you're at a Salesforce or you're at an Oracle or you're at a co-star and, and you're a sales rep, you have to look out, you're, you're really competing less with market and you're competing more with your, your team, right? You have 10 people in one zip code that all want that deal that you want, right? And it's yeah. like, how do you differentiate yourself with that prospect? Well, you come to a group like Dotted where we have 40 people, 
you know, in the entire company and we're going out to solve really big problems. Um, you have to be super consultative at, at how you do that. And so um, anyone who's getting hired with a series A, series B, even series, some series C companies, um, you have to be super consultative, curious on the problem that you solve. Uh, and I know for myself being very like prescriptive um, in how you go and address issues and communicate the product value on that side. Yeah, that's a, a good point. When you have a large company like CoStar, a, a good amount of the market knows what CoStar does compared to you know moving to a smaller organization where the value that you're bringing prospects or organizations is oftentimes completely new to them. And so it takes a different approach. Can you walk me through exactly what Dotted does and who you guys are serving? So Dotted sees itself as the operational platform for commercial real estate owners uh, globally. And so right now we are focused on um, really the industrial office and retail commercial owners here in the United States. And so that falls really into four main categories. Uh, you have leasing, which is a part of asset management. You have debt tracking, servicing debt information. You also have valuations, which is pulled into this, and then capital projects. Capital projects could be anything from parking resurfacing to elevator modernization to putting a coffee shop in the first floor. So we believe that holistically that persona, the asset manager, portfolio manager, um, those equity partners and, and team members cannot from the top down don't have a system that emboldens them to manage a portfolio and see its, its, see its really total performance and surveillance. So um, we believe that simplicity wins. And so our product in market solves the problem of insights into everything going on in the day-to-day the performance, the forecasts, and then Jake, you got to make a simp- simple product to use, right? I mean, for people like me, for people like me and for you. Yeah. It's like, we have to make it simple. And so, um, you know, through Kyle Waldrop's kind of vision and, and Matt Jeffrey's product um, and that roadmap, it's, it's achieving that. Yeah. And you'll start in 2018 yep. to the extent that you can share what, what has growth looked like over these past five years? Yeah. So we've moved, from you know initial local customers with small portfolios um, yeah. to more of your institutional, larger fund manager, you know, inter, uh, not international, uh, national portfolios, right? So coast to coast ownership where they have office, they have industrial, they have retail. These are shopping centers. These are massive industrial parks. These are large business centers, tall buildings. Um, so it's, it's great to see that sophistication of customer coming into uh, its environment. I'd love to break it up and, and have really three main topics um, to walk through. The first one being, I mean, you go from a really large company in CoStar to uh, the smaller business side of things. And so what a lot of the differences were with that. Um, also talent, there's a, a big talent piece to that. And so walking through how we're identifying good talent, what do you look for on a resume? What are some of the intangibles and the differences and and maybe what CoStar would look for and what Dada looks for? And then I think wrapping it up, um, there's a lot of sales noise out there. There's 2000 different ways to close a deal and prospect and lead a team. 
And that's, that's just the it thing to do on, on LinkedIn and, and other platforms. And I'd love to hear from you and your experience. Um, I, you're an unconventional thinker in a lot of ways. And so how you're leading your team and we'll kind of dive into some details of that, if that sounds good. Yeah. And for the record, I don't speak for the market at all. I can speak from my experience and, uh, certainly coming from a big company and now working at a more smaller company, but with big vision, right. Um, doesn't matter the size of the company. It's like, what's the vision of that group and how have you built a system to get there? I think is obviously important. Um, yeah, I look at I like yeah, I look at culture as like something I'm always passionate about and interested in. Um, as I always say, like the best salespeople never have to sell anything. So like, how do you create that culture, and what do you step into, and then what do you try and create yourself? I mean, in a large company, um, I think the culture is typically like, hey, fall in line, say yes, say no, follow the metrics. We've built out the system for you, so either jump in or kind of step out. Yeah. I think it dotted and what you know, our team and leadership team has done really well is create an entrepreneurial mindset where it's like, Hey, we believe this is the best way to go and build out, um, not just market value, but internal, you know, culture. This is what we believe is the best. But if we're, if, if we're wrong, then let's find a better way and be nimble and entrepreneurial to go find that. So, um, that's what I love about, you know, calling dot at home right now and, um, really enjoying, yeah, what we're building here not just product wise jake but you know culture yeah well and and it's a different uh the sales rep that you're hiring and that c success is typically different at larger companies and smaller so like what did you see success look like on on a rep level at costar and how is that different than than dot and you just spoke to some of the the entrepreneurialism and, and coming in and taking ownership but what are the big differences you saw there yeah um maybe just to separate out and kind of to take a step back i mean if you look at if you look at i mean if you're a sales guy and you're like okay i'm about to step into a big company a big company typically means that there's been market share adoption right and so you have to leverage what the value statement of that market share product is And then if you're a rep that's like, hey, I just got hired or I'm six months into a series A, series B company, you don't have market share on your side. So you have to be super consultative. Um, And as I always say, like be someone who asks more questions than has like more answers. Um, Because typically questions are going to lead you to the problem you need to go solve for. Um, So at a big company, you just typically don't hear you just don't hear more market problems. You hear like, Hey, this is the problem I have with your product. And when you're at a small group, you're like, Hey, here's the big market issues. How can you help me go solve that? So you have to have a consultative approach no matter where you are, but even more so uh, with a small group. Yeah. And and I think some of of what plays into that is, you know, selling a larger company, more people know about the product they, they probably know more of the company name than potentially the, the rep themselves. Or as you go to a smaller company and it's like who you're talking to people, it's like, well, who is dotted? Yeah. How do you, you how know? Do you and so you're, you're almost right. introducing a, a novelty solution yeah. um, to maybe a historically somewhat tech dry industry, which there's challenges with that in itself, which changes the, the caliber of, of rep a lot of times as well. Right. Um, it, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't, but it does. Right. Because most people, if you look at 
I mean, if we ask our, you know, really truly ask ourselves, like of our friends, of our family, of our coworkers, like how many people truly think outside the box, you know, like who really pursue curiosity or really pursue, I mean, they even ask yourself, like, do I pursue the problem of my prospect? If the answer is no, then typically where that's going to lead you is a kind of a stale A to Z presentation that's like, well, here's our product. What do you think about it? And that's just mm-hmm. a wrong, it's a wrong view. And the same thing for pursuit. I mean, I love your team, but if you guys just were to show up and say, Hey, this is what we do. What do you think about it? It's like, tell me, I help me, help me get there. Right. And the same thing goes for myself and our dotted team and um, our sales, our sales reps is we can't go in to a lot of these meetings expecting our customer or our prospect just to, just to get it, just to get it. So yeah. us as salespeople and individuals out there, you know, yeah. You have to connect the dots for people. Mm-hmm. And, and typically it's going to come through the questions you ask. Got to ask them. Yeah. So moving to the talent piece, yeah. how do you identify good talent? <laughs> uh, well, Jake, I mean, there's, there's a lot. I don't there. know. How do we become friends? I guess I was like, hey, <laughs> I love Forerunners, so we're going to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that was the first talking point, I think. That's good talent right yeah. there. If you like forerunners, we're going to be good friends. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, well, it gets back to like what I find valuable, which is, do you have curiosity? Like if I'm talking to you and you're genuinely curious about not just me, but how you treat me is how you're going to eventually treat the prospect or the customer that you're talking to. Meaning, the age old question, like, Hey, how, what do you think about the weather this weekend? It's like, come on, like, let's really get into the fun topics and conversation. Like what's the biggest project that you have on your desk. And as we interview candidates, um, you can tell who's actually interested to have a conversation or not. I know whether it's literally the barista at the coffee shop or it's, you know, dropping off a food order or you going to, um, you know, a store, like the way that you interact with people says a lot. So, I mean, as we have interviewed a lot of folks that you guys have sent us and a lot of, you know, sales reps in market, um, I can't speak enough to, are you curious and actually interested in finding what that person struggles with, right? If someone comes to me and is interviewing with me and they're like, Hey, this is what I'm really good at. Let me go through all my resumes and how I exceeded quota by 400,000% for the last 50 years. I'm going to be like, that's awesome. Like, do you have any idea what me as a hiring manager is struggling with right now? Do you, do, do yeah. you care to know? If I told you, could you even help me? Like, are you going to get there in 30 minutes or less? Which is, as you know, first impressions are tough to yeah. fight against if you do it wrong. Well, yeah, and you have to understand. I mean, it, you, you got to sell yourself. And, and ultimately, you got to figure out what the pain points are. It's similar with any sales cycle, with any candidate that's interviewing for a job. What's important? Figure out what's important to you, in your team, and with where you're at right now, and totally. and sell to that. So, it's a good transition to you're you're a big EQ guy, and I'm I'm with you. There, everyone is 100% to plan somehow, some way. Sure. There's there's for sure certain roles that require heavy domain experience or a high level of technical aptitude. Yeah. Um, but more so when you when you speak about the experience on paper versus a lot of those soft skills or the intangibles, they're hardwiring, as we like to call it at Pursuit. How are you vetting that out throughout the interview process? Yeah, it's, a, it's a great question. I mean, 
I don't know. I would just, as I'm processing that question, I'm also challenging like whoever's listening to this, like think about your like three closest friends. Like, why are you friends with those three people? Guys, girls, older, younger, doesn't matter. But like, why do you, why is it so easy to spend time with those three to five people? It's typically because they're not a burden to you. Meaning they know how to balance coming to you for questions. They also know how to give you space. For me personally, I really appreciate um, sales reps that like lean in with questions and curiosity and then step back and say, well, based off what you just said, here's kind of how I see, did I understand that right? Like, did I understand that pain point? And so, yeah, EQ, this could be a whole nother, you know, a whole nother conversation. I think, yeah, Jake, I think, I think people that are really good at emotional intelligence have a really good pulse on themselves and they have a really good pulse on the other person as well. Yep. Yeah. And and I think too, you know, it's a lot of it happens on the front end in terms of like what makes a really good sales rep for dotted. And we, you have, they have to understand the opportunity on paper, job descriptions, people have a lot of views on them. At the end of the day, you're there to sell. You know, they throw in a lot of different nuances and details and tech stacks and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you're there to sell. And so I think it's, yeah, it's identifying for yourself where your strengths are and what you desire in a role and also what you value in an opportunity, I think is is huge. Um, and I think when you're asking those types of when when an, a candidate is asking those types of questions to you, the hiring manager, and you're asking those questions in terms of what they value, what they're motivated by, um, how they drive, that typically leads to much more depthful conversations than what does your sales support look like and what it, who are you calling on and what's your percent to plan? It, you know, it's, it typically leads to maybe a more successful hire when that other side is, is on point. Something I, I, I would love for pursuit to like talk about at some point, I, I don't know where I'd pull this from, but it's like what percentage of interviews, I mean, you guys have a ton of candidates in your, you know, stack, I guess. What percentage, if you look at IQ, EQ, right? When you move into sales, like the percentage of conversions on candidates that you talk to and candidates that get hired, right? Like what, if you were to say, hey, this is probably the average candidates EQ out of a 10, right? Like we see these guys get hired the most. Or if I know someone has an EQ of eight out of 10, they are going to get hired, you know, 50% more likelihood than someone that has X. Like those would be fascinating statistics for me to dig into. And I'm curious if groups like yourselves even like go after metrics like that. Yeah, we haven't. And and Ben, our director of operations is going to crush me when I mention the ideas. He's tracking <laughs> a, tons of other metrics. Yeah. Um, no, but, but, but it's a good point. And, and we see that as we're, I mean, you're right. We're, I mean, we're working 300 jobs right now right. and we have th- hundreds of thousands of candidates that we've talked to. Yeah. I think that the interesting thing, you know, outside of those roles, again, that require just um, very specific qualifications, we see the people that are going to win jobs. They, they go win the interview. They do the preparation. They know their why. They ask really good questions and they don't stop asking questions. They figure out the pain points. They figure out what you're looking for in a rep. 
And then they, they continue to, to dig into the interview process, answering those pain points all along the way. I mean, how, how someone follows up, how, um, uh, how someone, the, the presentation or whatever materials are sending you before, because they might've heard you say, you know, Hey, I like someone that can show me, not just tell me that they're hundred percent to plan. It's those types of things that we see how a lot of candidates win the job. So yeah, makes sense. What, um, so our, our last point, so talking through the sales noise, mm-hmm. how you're leading a team, man, it's been cool to see, I mean, you step into a role, which Kyle, you know, created this awesome product, this awesome team, and your role is vitally important. And you're trying to, to round up these sales reps and, and go sell this novelty product to a market that, you know, and they might have just stepped into. And so outside of, of the comp plans and, and stuff like that, like how, what are kind of the key identifiers and how you're choosing to lead your team and just what your philosophy is around that? Yeah, it's a great opportunity to give a huge shout out to the leadership here. Um, it's been awesome to kind of serve under them and really just appreciate their trust to go build out, you know, sales have a shot at revenue, right? In this market, which is, like you said, kind of tech dry. Um, I think just to tie it back to the beginning of our conversation, Jake, like, Kyle Waldrip, his vision for this with, you know, what Matt Jeffrey's building on product and um, Seneca Miller's doing on the tech side and um, for data security and privacy, it's just tremendous. But, um, you know, like I said, with our background, my background of, you know, working at a large company and then coming to a small business, um, which with with a huge vision, um, super encouraging, but I think as I go out and I look at the last couple of hires on our team, um, the Michael Wagnons of the world, the um, Jamie Morrison's, the uh, Kyle Siegel's, um, you know, these team members are really good at finding what people care about. And sometimes find out what people care about is not going to align with the product. But as I had coffee with the guy this morning and I was like, sales is built on trust. Yes, it's a it's product, but behind that, um, companies pay for solutions, pay for products, but like humans sign contracts, right? So, um, the intangibles, which there's got to be a bell curve that we could go find uh, that lives somewhere. But uh, for for me and my team, um, looking at guys and, and girls that are focusing on the problem at hand, I think if I look at our last couple hires and the success that they're seeing. They love to really focus on not just the problem that they have in their day to day, but the problem that they are fearful of down the road, right? You can typically back into something. If you were to say, Jake, what's, what's pursuit's biggest issues do you see in 12 months? Cool. Let's work from there backwards. And we'll end up today talking about something that's going to solve business for the next 12 to 24 months. And so, um, I know my team has really encouraged me, uh, and given me, you know, a lot of ammo to keep asking those questions, but, um, it's a ride. You, every interview is different. Every, every person, every candidate that, that we get or that pursuit gives us or, uh, that we work with is like a different person to go and learn and find out, um, the value that they bring. So it's exciting. Yeah. And I think there, there's an element to you, you care a lot for people mm. and Great. you, I mean, 
outside of work, but I would imagine I haven't seen you in the office with your team, but I would imagine that it's the same, um, which, which is huge. Like people, people got to want to work for you, you know? Um, and I think that there's, there's a different, you know, you talk about culture and you have the ping pong and the beer on tap, you know, the typical culture that people will, will go and that'll be attractive to them to sign on for a new opportunity. But what makes them stay? Yeah. It's, it's not the ping pong. It's not the events. It's, it's how you're leading as a leader um, and how you're loving on your people and caring for your people. It's hard to do that if, if you don't have a heart for it. Um, that might be a whole separate. It's a whole uh, separate. Yeah, whole separate. save that for the Rogan podcast. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think when you say that, you know, what I think of, I think I go back to like your three, five closest friends, right? Like, um, not that not that managers should be people's friends, but if you look at like what keeps people around, is they want to be encouraged, they want to be held to a standard, um, they want to be they want to be called to something greater than name the job, whether you're an accountant, a consultant, a police officer, or a sales rep at a tech company with a $50 billion market cap or a $10 market cap, you want to be called to something greater than your job. And typically that comes out in the satisfaction that you get and how you're treated. And so I always treat people like a peer, but I hopefully, I hopefully call them to something greater. Um, I know I've been treated that way. And so it's like, Hey, this is how I've been treated. And I've been trusted. I've been respected. I've also been disrespected and that's just part of life. But yeah, I think, uh, it's the same outside of work as inside work that you treat people the way they want to be treated. You call them to something better. You give them a vision, you, you give them a process in which they can learn from and fall into. And guess what? If you're wrong, then I'm wrong and let's go find a better way. So, yeah. I like it. You, uh, you mentioned Jamie. I see Jamie up at the coffee shop quite a bit and he's just, he's grinding away. So good hire. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's awesome. Shout out Jamie. (laughs) Jamie's the man. Cool. Matt, I appreciate you, you hopping on this and, uh, and just giving your two cents and and walking through your journey and excited to keep the partnership rolling and and adding to the team and excited to, to see what dotted does. Um, I feel like we, we see y'all popping up all over the place. So no doubt some good things in the works. Yeah, we're doing awesome stuff. So um, asset management, operational, you know, leasing CapEx, debt, valuation. It's really exciting.